Where we have almost all of us here. A few of us still missing, uh, but we are glad to have you. Our lesson for this morning is entitled, Don't Fall, How to Keep Your Footing as a Christian. Something that I did a few years ago when I was at Curlie, I used to do a series of lessons. Every so often I would, would continue with the series of doing a lesson on a tract. Uh, and in the back, on that side, we have a track rack, if you're not aware of that already. And there are several tracks on it. We've gotten a few new ones from house to house, heart to heart, uh, since we've been doing that program. And today's lesson is going to be on one of those tracks that's back there. So if you want to go back and pick one up, you're welcome to them. I'm going to put this one back there when I'm done with it. Um, but uh, our lesson for today comes from this one, Don't Fall. How to keep your footing as a Christian. And in addition to that, we still have several of these two house to house pamphlets from the last time. Um, and if you haven't already, read these. These are very good. Um, but they have good articles in them, they have puzzles and things that you can do. And uh, so these are very good also. And one thing that you can do, something that I've started doing, is I like to take them to work and read them at work if I have a little downtime. And then I choose somebody to hand one to. So maybe that's something that you can do. But it has all of our information, all the information about our radio program, everything that we do. So uh, that's a good thing to hand out to people that don't know about us also. And there are a few of those back there as well. But to our lesson, how, how is it that we do not fall? What can we do to make sure that we do not fall as Christians. You know, there are some people that actually dispute whether or not a Christian can fall away from God. There are a lot of people that believe in a once saved, always saved doctrine. They believe that once you have been saved, there's nothing that you can do that would separate you from God. And if you do happen to not remain faithful, well, maybe you weren't saved in the beginning. But let me assure you that a Christian can fall. We can fall. We're told that in Scripture. Turn to Galatians chapter 5 and let us notice verses 4 and 7. Galatians 5 verses 4 and 7. You have become estranged from Christ is how the New King James puts it. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Verse 7, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You once ran well. What happened? We find that there are two that are mentioned specifically as falling away in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 18 through 20. 1 Timothy 1 verses 18 through 20. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected, Concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, 
whom I delivered to Satan, they may not, that they may learn not to blaspheme. According to Jude 24, we can be kept from stumbling. So I assure you that Scripture teaches that we can fall. As Christians, we can stumble. We can lose our footing. So as we look at our lesson, our lesson's goal for today is to answer this question. What can a Christian do to keep from falling? What can a Christian do to keep from falling? I want us to notice today. I want us to understand how it happens. How a Christian can fall. And then I want us to learn how we can heed God's warnings. First of all, let's look at how Christians fall away. How do Christians fall away? Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking, on Sunday morning at least, at conversion. We've looked at what conversion is, what it means to be converted, and how we should be fully converted. And in light of that, when we look at falling away, we understand that some are never converted. Some fall away because they are never truly converted. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 3, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Obedience to the gospel does not guarantee salvation. Just because you have repented, you've been baptized for the remission of sins, does not mean that you are a faithful Christian. And it does not mean that you are saved. What we realize from Scripture is that one must also be fully converted. It means to be changed. We must also be changed in order to be Christians. One must have a desire to follow and serve God. As we look at obedience to the gospel, the reasons for obeying the gospel can vary. But the wrong reasons include... Well, because uh, I have a parent, or, or maybe both of my parents were baptized, and, and they wanted me to be baptized also. Or, or maybe a friend was baptized, and I, I felt like I needed to be baptized for that reason. Or, or maybe I'm getting married, and, and, and my future wife has given me an ultimatum. If I'm not a Christian, she won't marry me. But oftentimes we see people that are baptized because someone that they were close to was also baptized. 
Another reason for obeying the gospel or being baptized, well, maybe several others responded to the invitation. A lot of times we see sometimes where teenagers will go to camp and, and because several are being baptized, they also will be baptized. But maybe they don't understand what baptism really is. Or maybe in a gospel meeting or some kind of special event that the church sponsors, you might have several that, that come forward and ask to be baptized. And so they get caught up in the moment. They, they feel the excitement and, and they want to be baptized as well. But maybe again, they, they don't understand what it means. And some find that later in life, even though they have been baptized, even though they have obeyed the gospel, they're not really sure if they're actually saved or not. They're not sure if they were baptized for the right reason necessarily. Some are simply baptized too young. They just don't understand. But it goes to show that just because we've been obedient to the gospel plan of salvation does not mean we're saved. If we don't understand what salvation is, if we don't understand what it means, then it's hard to, to know if we're really saved or not. You know, Jesus taught of the stony ground in Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 5, some seed fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. Verses 20 and 21, But he who received seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. We are to be the good soil that receives the seed and allows it to grow and form root within us. Another reason that one might fall away is because of persecution. Some give in to persecution. Persecution comes in different forms. One is through mockery and intimidation. Some form is harsh treatment from brethren even. And someone might fall away because they are persecuted by fellow brothers and sisters. Maybe it comes from ridicule from the masses. There's so many people that do not believe in God. and So many people that are outside of Him that, that maybe we find persecution in the workplace or in our schools or something of that nature. Scripture tells us that blessed are those persecuted for righteousness' sake. 
First Peter chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense, an answer to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Matthew 5 verses 10 through 12 Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake <coughs> Excuse me. for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus taught us how to deal with our persecutors. Matthew chapter 5 verses 43 through 48. Matthew 5, 43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect. Just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Some fall away because of sin. Some have hidden addictions that they are unwilling to give up and repent of. Hebrews chapter 3 verses 12 through 15. Beware brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So even though some are baptized for the remission of sins, it may not be that they are willing to fully repent. Repentance is something that continues long after baptism. We continue to be changed from what we were. We continue in conversion. Yes, we have to repent in order to be baptized. But repentance is a continual process. We must continue in that repentance. Continue in that change. 
in order to be saved. And some people are simply unwilling to give up the sin in their lives for Christ. Some are deceived by false teachers. We are warned many times over of those that tickle the ears. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 2 through 4. 2 Timothy 4 verses 2 through 4. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fable. In Galatians chapter 1 verses 6 through 9, we're warned not to heed anything that false teachers tell us. Galatians 1 verse 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from Him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have pre preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. And some neglect their salvation. As we read in Hebrews chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. Hebrews 2 verse 1. Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. Lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast. And every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard Him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His own will. There are many reasons why one might fall away. But let me assure you that it doesn't come just like that. If we fall away, it's because we're being led away by something. There's something that we're holding on to. Or maybe something that we don't even realize that is leading us away from God that is causing us to stumble that is causing us to fall as Christians or as those that desire to be Christians it's not 
simple, is it? It's not easy. Because we have people in our lives, we have influences from outside. We have an enemy that wants us to fall. And these are just a few of the ways that we can fall. How do we keep from falling? You know, if, if I start to fall, if I stumble physically, I, I can see this process go in my head. As I'm falling, what can I do to stop myself? And, and we have an instinct to put our hands forward most of the time. As a child, I, I had a problem with that. I didn't put my hands in front of me, and that was what caused a lot of my injuries. <laughs> But as Christians, what can we do to put our hands forward? What can we do to stop ourselves from falling? Have to be careful. Have to be careful of how we live our lives as Christians. We must continue. We must continue in faithfulness to God. Faithful attendance to church services. There's so many people that fall away because they're not faithful in their attendance of church services. And it's not something that happens overnight. It's not something where you just simply decide, well, you know, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I, I don't see the need in it. But it's a gradual process. Just as a, a hypothetical scenario. It may be that someone comes home from work and they're tired. And, and you know what? I, I just don't feel like going to Wednesday night Bible study tonight. Maybe I'll just skip it this once. And so they do. And, and maybe another Wednesday night comes up in the next couple of weeks. You know, I just, I, I'm tired. I need to rest. Maybe I'll skip this Wednesday night too. Before they know it, they're, they're skipping on Sunday nights also. And before they know it, they, now that they're not attending on Sunday morning either. Maybe they're skipping Bible class and just coming for worship now and then. And, and then before they know it, they've stopped attending altogether. Again, it's not just a, a decision where I... Mm, well, I'll just stop coming to services. No, it's a gradual process. And it starts by missing one service. And you miss two. You miss five. And ten. And you miss all. Must be faithful in our attendance to church services. As I was growing up, and I remember what I was taught from my grandparents and my parents also, there was never a decision to make when it came to attending the services. I remember one time distinctly that my mom kept me home to work on homework and she never did it again. 
And there was never a choice to be made. We just simply went. We went Sunday morning services. We went to Sunday evening services. We went to Wednesday night Bible study. The only time that we missed when, was when we were sick. And, and that continued in other programs. We did inner city for a long time. and So we went on Thursday nights and taught Bible classes and things of that nature. And we were there for the Friday night singing. We were there for a meeting, for VBSs. Whatever the church did, we were there. Why? Because the decision was made long, long before. We weren't going to miss. There's no reason to miss. We need to be faithful in our attendance. We need to be faithful in our devotion. I'm not talking about the devotions here. I'm not talking about our Bible study classes here. I'm talking about every single day continuing in devotion to God. Opening up your Bible and not just reading the words that, that are in front of you, but try to have a deep understanding of those words. You know, take for instance our Sunday morning Bible class. We're studying the book of Romans. And, and you know, you can just start with that. You know, open up to Romans and, and see what Romans has to say. Read the chapters as we go through them. If you don't understand something, ask a question in class. Ask her. Ask me. I'll be glad to answer those questions. If we don't have an answer, we'll find them. Ask a friend or a family member. Talk about it. Find a reliable commentary or something that you can use as a study tool. But do more than just read the Word. Try to understand them. And do it on a daily basis. Don't let a day go by that you don't think about what's in this Bible. That you don't think about the words that are in here. You continue in them day and night. Psalm 1-2. Meditate on these things. Apply them to your life. Make them a part of what's inside you. Pray. Pray to God. Pray often. Do more than just pray over a meal. That's a start. But when you're facing difficult times, pray to God. If you're in difficult health, pray to God. If you have a friend or a family member that's sick, pray to God. If you're facing a tough life decision, pray to God. If you find yourself in peace, in the good times of life, if you've had a good day, pray to God. Pray often and mean what you're saying. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How can you do that? 
By studying God's Word. By knowing what it says and knowing what it doesn't say. That's how you rightly divide the Word of God. Continue in love, good works, and encouragement of your brethren. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As is the manner of some. But exhorting one another and so much the more. As you see the day approaching. Part of attendance is considering one another. How can I encourage my brothers and sisters? How can I encourage them more than being with them? Than spending time with them? Than worshiping with them? Than studying God's word with them? Continue in faithfulness. Continue in love. Continue in good works. Continue in encouragement. And as long as you continue to do those things, you will not fall. You may stumble now and then, but you won't fall. Because you're continuing in God's ways. What are the consequences of falling away? If we allow ourselves to be swept up by the cares of the world and the cares of life and things of that nature, and if, if we do fall away, what are the consequences? In 2 Peter 2, chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, it says this, For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. The latter end is worse. What does that mean? What does it mean that the latter end is worse? What's the difference between being lost and being wayward. Why would there be a difference when it comes to facing judgment? Latter end is worse. First of all, it is more difficult to convert someone who has left the way than someone who has never known the way. Once someone has left the church, once someone has left the service of God, it's more, uh, it's difficult, it's harder to bring them back because they've been away for so long. Maybe they're afraid of what people will think of them. Maybe they're afraid of, of what God thinks of them. I'm lost now, might as well just stay lost. 
a lot harder to get them to come back through the door once they've walked out. Those who have left the church are usually more entangled in the ways of the world than those who have never known righteousness. Once they've gotten back into the world, they, they dig a, a deeper hole, if you will. They're more in, entwined in the things, the cares of the world, the things that, that a Christian should not be in. It's harder to get them out. Think of a knot that gets tied in something and, and maybe it's just because it's been sitting in something for so long. And, and it's hard to get that knot out. A knot that's not been tied, it's hard to get that knot to come loose. Same way with Christians. Once they're entangled in the world, it's hard to get them out. And we have to understand that with knowledge comes greater responsibility. Failing in responsibility leads to greater condemnation. Now for those of us that teach and preach, there's a greater responsibility placed on us to present those things that are true. Was Because our responsibility is no longer for myself necessarily, but it's also for what you're hearing. It's for what you are understanding. Make sure you are understanding the right thing. Same way with our understanding of the Word of God. Once we know what this word says, once we know what it teaches, we have a greater responsibility to remain faithful to this word. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the latter end. It is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Are you faithful? Or have you fallen? Have you stumbled? Is there some, something in your life that is causing you to be troubled in such a way that God cannot help you? Is there something between you and Him that is causing you lose your faithfulness. Don't fall. It's the title of the lesson. Don't fall. Don't allow yourself to fall. Don't allow yourself to stumble. Make sure that you're doing everything in your power to remain faithful to God. Maybe you need to come in obedience or maybe you need to come in repentance 
Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness for something you've done or maybe you need to ask for prayer on your behalf. If there's a way that we can assist you, we'd be glad to help you. Don't fall. Don't fall. If you need to come, then we give you the opportunity to come as we stand and as we sing.